Hello and welcome to the LDS study session with Come Follow Me with your host Matthew Roberts. This is series 2 episode 17 and we are looking further into the Come Follow Me study for this week. Uh, This covers January the 13th to January the 19th, 1st Nephi chapters 8 to 10, Come and Partake of the Fruit. Uh, And we are looking today at the section which covers ancient prophets knew about Jesus Christ's mission and testified of him, 1st Nephi chapter 10, verses 2 to 16. Uh, and really, actually, I feel this begins before First uh, Nephi chapter 10, verse 2. I believe uh, after our study of the, the Lehi's vision over the past few few days, that uh, actually um, his testifying of the Savior began in that, in that dream. And if we look uh, in First Nephi chapter 8, verse 38, there is a point that I want to uh, pick up on uh, that... I think leads on to chapter 10 as well. Uh, in verse 38, it says, And after he had preached unto them, and also prophesied unto them of many things, he bade them to keep the commandments of the Lord, and he did cease speaking unto them. Now, why would Nephi feel the need to mention of the fact that Lehi ceased speaking unto his children? Uh, I wonder if it's because, you know, we need to learn a lesson from that, or if it's just an, a side comment. If, it's, if there is a lesson that we need to learn, I feel it is this, that there is a time to teach, there is a time to testify to our children, to those that we love, and that there is a time to let, to end that testifying and let them ponder on what has been said and let them consider those things. I certainly have uh, experienced this a number of times myself, uh, very recently actually, in having discussions about vari- a variety of things and then leaving those discussions and thinking, you know, what, what was being said there what what did I need to learn from that and until I've been able to kind of get on my knees and pray about it and receive that guidance from the Lord about it it's kind of just whirled around in my head like a washing machine uh, and so but then when I've been able to kneel, get down on my knees and pray about it personally it's when those things start to become a bit clearer and I start to feel more understanding or even just recognizing that the Lord's hand is in it uh, and that I need to be more patient uh, and so I think that this is a clear message that we can learn here just from this statement in 1 Nephi 8, 38. Uh, because then in uh, 1 Nephi chapter 10, verse 2, uh, we read, For behold, it came to pass after my father made an end of speaking the words of his dream and also of exhorting them to all diligence, he spake unto them concerning the Jews. Now, I don't think that these are two unrelated incidents. I don't think that these things are completely separate. And it is interesting that Nephi feels it necessary to include this discussion or include uh, these points uh, beforehand, then feels the need to mention the dream and then to mention, you know, this chapter that we're going about to dive into studying. And then straight after this chapter, we we learn about Nephi's uh, vision of the same dream and further things which relate to it. Uh, And so I think... All these are interconnected and there is, you know, there's a reason for all the things that we have in our scriptures. And this is just another example of why we need to have this. Uh, In 1 Nephi chapter 10 verse 4 we read, Yea, even 600 years from the time that my father left Jerusalem, a prophet would the Lord God raise up among the Jews, even a Messiah, or in other words, a saviour of the world. It is interesting that, uh, that... Here, uh, Nephi feels it necessary uh, to say a Messiah, or in other words, a saviour of the world. Why not just say a Messiah and leave it at that? Well, there is reason for this as well. 
Uh, if we have a look uh, at one of the Nowise by Book of Mormon Central, number 448, which says, Why did Nephi clarify that the Messiah was the saviour of the world? Uh, we learn that this Messiah, or the phrase Messiah, um, was kind of linked with other people as well, not just necessarily the saviour of the world at this stage of history. Uh, it says, quote, For instance, Israelite kings, including Saul, David, and Solomon, were anointed upon their coronations, making them technically messiahs. At least one non-Israelite king, the Persian Cyrus, like, was likewise called a, a messiah in, Isa in Isaiah 45.1. In addition to kings, priests, and prophets, uh, uh, and prophets are designated as messiahs. It is therefore clear from the biblical evidence from before the time of Lehi and Nephi that the term messiah was used much more broadly by the ancient Israelites than it is used by modern readers of the Bible, who generally speak of or recognize Jesus alone as being the Messiah. Close quote. So when you think about that, it makes sense that, yeah, at this time, the term Messiah was used um, far more often, and it was often used to anoint kings, priests, and even prophets, uh, that they, would, they were classed as lowercase m, messiahs. Uh, and so Nephi's in inclusion here of even a Messiah, or in other words, a saviour of the world, indicates just what time period he came from, which was around the ancient Israelite time of 600 BC, uh, which where this term Messiah was often used for other people. But Nephi wanted to make this clear that this was a, a different Messiah, one that would be a saviour of the world. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that uh, is an interesting insight into, again, just the, the time period that this Book of Mormon was clearly written. And then we move on into First Nephi, uh, chapter 10, verse 6, where it says, Wherefore, all mankind were in a loss and in a fallen state, and ever would be, save they rely on this Redeemer. And again, uh, this is an important uh, lesson that we need to remember and consider when we are, we are studying this. Ezra Taft Benson said this, quote, The Book of Mormon saints knew that the plan of redemption must start with an account of the fall of Adam. Just as a man does not really desire food until he is hungry, so he does not desire the salvation of Christ until he knows why he needs Christ. No one adequately and properly knows why he needs Christ until he understands and accepts the doctrine of the fall and its effect upon all mankind. And no other book in the world explains this vital doctrine nearly as well as the Book of Mormon, close quote. Um, and that's true. Often when we read about the atonement in the Book of Mormon, we, we, we read of the fall very close with it as well, or just before it. Uh, and it's something which we need to remember as we are learning and teaching this doctrine. Finally, in verse 12 of First Nephi chapter 10, uh, we read of uh, Lehi talking about an olive tree whose branches should be broken off and should be scattered upon all the face of the earth. And it's interesting that he speaks about this because we obviously learn about the allegory of the olive tree over in the book of Jacob, uh, where Zenos gives this allegory. Now, this uh, allegory will have been on the plates of brass. And so the fact that Lehi is teaching this is, again, very much not out of place and, in fact, isn't a surprise at all. It, indicate, it indicates that he has been studying these brass plates, he has learned this allegory, and he wants to share it uh, with his family. Uh, and so we can be assured that this is an account from people who were living where they were actually studying and speaking about and learning from these things which have been spoken of. And then we get to learn from this allegory later on in the book of Jacob where he actually shares it 
in a sermon to the people of Nephi that he teaches. So that, that's what I've got from this study uh, for today. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it and learned something for yourself. If there's anyth anything that you've been studying, I would love to hear it at mattsroberts90 on Twitter or just email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and until we meet again.